I'm Andrew Sill, Associate Music Director of New York City Ballet, and I'm your guest host today for another episode of See the Music. Chances are, if I said the words square dance to you, you might picture a scene in a barn or a rustic dance hall with folk or country music punctuated by a caller, and you might picture casually dressed people creating certain patterns on the dance floor. And while I can't bring you a visual representation of a scene like that on this podcast, I can at least bring you some sounds from a typical American square dance. Ready to go, ready or not. Well found partner and corner two and join the hands. Circle to the left, eight hands around, then ring and to make it go. Break out a do passo and her by the left hand and the corner right and not too far. And a partner to left and element bar star. Hang on. You shoot the star, new girl, grand on and left, and a hand in hand on the left hand. And a meet a new girl at promenade. Keep going, you don't slow down, and a one and three, and a wheel on around. Do it up, so do with a two, you're bound. Make an ocean wave and a rocket, you spin the top. With a stop, spin it again, and a one, you're through, do a half square, do give a right to mother, pull on by. Left down the man, and here they go, round the left hand, round and up, go round the ring. Girl and prom, I didn't go round the town. The big feet up in the little wooden hump. Get get on the hump, you go. And when you're there, it's one and three. Go up to the middle and back. You square. When George Balanchine set out to choreograph Square Dance in 1957, it was clear that he wanted to capture some of the sights and sounds and exuberance of a typical American square dance in his ballet. For instance, the original scenery included trees, a post and rail fence, and lanterns strung above the dancers. The musicians were on stage with the dancers, and they were dressed in Western garb. There was even a caller who described the action as it was danced. Here's an excerpt from one of those early performances of Balanchine's square dance. Get your partners, get your places. Honors all. Two ladies up the track, sashay over, sashay back, in the same old track. Over once and back again, now with your partner's chain. Over once and away you go, left hand back and don't be slow. Fly through the air like a bird on a wing, now don't fall down you pretty little thing. Birds in the air, now don't you worry, fly back to your sanctuary. Spread out wide, side by side, spread out wide like an old cow hide. Right hand around and around you go, round the circle now you go. Right hand around and around you go, round the ring again you go. do do in the mountain style, under the arch and give her a smile. do do in the mountain style, under the arch and give her a smile. You will have noticed right away that even though the caller's words and cadences sounded familiar, the style of music was definitely not the folk music of a traditional American square dance. The music is by the Italian Baroque composer Antonio Vivaldi. Something else that you couldn't have noticed is that the dancers in Balanchine's ballet were not dressed in casual American clothes, but rather in simple ballet practice clothes and their steps were not the steps of an American square dance, but those of classical ballet. So Balanchine brings together two worlds that might, at first, seem rather far apart. But his experiment was a deliberately playful way to make some serious points. And by the way, Balanchine was once asked if he took seriously the choreography of some lighthearted ballet, and his reply was, oh yes, you always have to be serious about your jokes. 
especially about your jokes. Well, Balanchine's square dance is no joke, and the juxtaposition of American folk elements and classical ballet elements is not just a gimmick. For one thing, Balanchine loved and admired America, and it was only natural for him to explore Americana in ballets like Square Dance and Western Symphony and Stars and Stripes. But he also had a mission to create the first truly American ballet company and to convince American audiences that ballet could belong to them as well. In order to do that, he had to subtly dismantle a prejudice Americans sometimes have about the classical arts, that they are elitist. By creating the ballets I just mentioned, Balanchine brilliantly countered any fears that his work might not be accessible to everyone. When Balanchine was creating Square Dance, he invited Elisha Keeler, who was a caller well-known in the world of square dancing, to sit in on the rehearsals so that he could create the calls for the ballet. Keeler was anxious at first about how to describe the steps because he had never seen a ballet before and he wasn't sure what he was looking at. Mr. B reassured him to just, quote, do what you do, unquote, and it would be all right. Now, this was more than just trust in Keeler. Balanchine trusted that anyone could overcome their fears about understanding or appreciating ballet. That even if somebody didn't know the difference between an échappé and a tendu, they could still see it and feel it and use their own vernacular to describe it meaningfully. I mentioned that the music Balanchine chose for square dance was not American folk music, but music from the Italian Baroque. Specifically, he chose four movements from violin concertos by Vivaldi and three movements from a suite by Arcangelo Corelli. Why? Well, the short answer is, I don't really know for sure. But I'm either foolish or courageous enough to at least try an answer. Balanchine was walking a bit of a tightrope with the whole square dance idea. Some costumes were rural America, some were classical ballet. Some scenery suggested a rustic American setting, but most of the stage was bare. The music was fiddle music, but it wasn't American fiddle music. The steps were from classical ballet, but some of the patterns the dancers made were taken from square dancing. So Balanchine clearly wanted us to see and hear connections, but he just as clearly wanted to avoid a literal representation. You might wonder if Balanchine believed that his tightrope act in square dance had succeeded. Well, 20 years after he created the ballet, Balanchine actually did away with the scenery. He put the musicians back into the pit without costumes, and he took out the part of the caller. In other words, when you come to see Square Dance today, if you didn't know the title, you'd have no idea that it ever had anything to do with the square dance. Unless, of course, you were such an expert that you could discern those patterns that Balanchine references. So yes, we might reasonably conclude that Balanchine did now trust his American audiences to understand the essence of his ballet. I mentioned that Mr. B wanted us to see and hear connections between the classical and folk forms, and the music gives us a chance to notice both obvious and subtle connections. To start with the obvious, both the Vivaldi concertos and traditional square dance music feature solo violin. At the very start of the ballet, we're hearing Vivaldi's concerto, Opus 3, number 10. As I play a short excerpt from that now, notice how the solo violin starts with a single confident note, then moves into a rhythmic pattern of repeated notes, and then finishes the phrase with a flourish. 
the rest of the orchestra comes in and exuberantly repeats what the soloist has just played, and everyone is carried along by its energy. In fact, that energy that creates movement in the music is also what impels the dancers to want to move. just established another obvious connection that Balanchine makes between the music and his choreography, which is the interplay between a soloist and the rest of the ensemble. But there's a subtler connection, too. This Vivaldi concerto is not just for one solo violin, it's actually for four solo violins and string orchestra. So the interplay, or counterpoint in the music, is not just between one solo and the rest of the ensemble. It happens among the four soloists, playing off of each other and the group. Balanchine also explores counterpoint in his steps and his grouping of dancers, but as is so often the case with him, he doesn't follow the music literally. Here's a selection from the third movement of the concerto where the four violins have fun imitating and chasing each other. When Balanchine revised square dance in 1976, he added a movement for a solo male dancer, and he set it to a saraband written by Arcangelo Corelli and arranged by a later Italian composer named Ettore Pinelli. I can't speak to the choreographic effect on the overall ballet because that's beyond my expertise, but I can say that musically, this slow, meditative movement adds a welcome emotional weight and balance to the rest of the suite. Let's listen to a bit of the beginning of the saraband. After two bars of vamp that set up a very gentle pulse, Corelli gives us a melody that conveys a surprising depth of feeling considering its lyrical simplicity.
Finally, Square Dance concludes with another Corelli piece arranged by Pinelli called a Badinerie, which was a quick, lively, light court dance of the 17th century. The music, as it unfolds in Balanchine's ballet, is gracious and playful, and of course, Mr. B's choreography fits it delightfully. I have to say I'm afraid you might accuse me of being a curmudgeon if I complain that Balanchine repeats the music too many times in this last movement, five times to be exact. And in truth, when everyone is having a great time at a square dance, they don't really notice whether the musicians are repeating the music a bit too often. So forget it. I won't be a curmudgeon. I'll trust Balanchine's stagecraft, and I'll say honestly that when you come to experience his square dance, you'll find the last movement to be a perfect conclusion to a beautifully crafted ballet, a ballet that was once inspired by square dancing, but has long since occupied a world purely its own. I want to thank you for joining us on City Ballet, the podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts to stay up to date on episode releases. All of us at New York City Ballet hope to see you soon in the theater. Head over to nycballet.com to see what's on stage. <laughs>